0: The Royals keep struggling, and we talk about why on today's Beat KC with beat writer Lynn Worthy and columnist Sam Mellinger. It's Tuesday, June 15th, and I'm Blair Kirkoff. Monday's loss to the Tigers was the height of frustration for the Royals. They went 1-for-14 with runners in scoring position, left 13 on base, and starting pitcher Brad Keller had a rough first inning. The Royals have now lost nine of 10, and the injuries are starting to pile up. New to the list is left fielder Andrew Benatendi out with a rib fracture. So we talked about it. First is a Sports Beat Live, and now presents it as a podcast. Let's get started. Hey, good morning from Kansas City, and welcome to Sports Beat Live, our weekly deep dive into the Kansas City Royals, a team of extreme in 2021. Right now, they're trending down, and we'll talk about why that is with the star folks who are with us today, beat writer Lynn Worthy and columnist Sam Mellinger. But first, let's thank our sponsor, the University of Kansas Health System. It's been great having them on board this season, and we'll hear from them later in the show. This is what they call one of those interactive shows, so please send us your questions and comments and talk Royals with us. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning Sam. how you guys doing?
1: good morning
0: hey before we get started talking about the the Royals on the field and there's plenty to talk about with this, uh, this skid that they're they're on now I want to talk about something else that was on the field yesterday, and that was Sam taking photographs and <laughs> and and being on the field um, Sam that's the first time for you uh on any i imagine any athletic service in quite a while i just want to know how it felt and and what you got out of it
2: yeah i mean depending on what we count spring training you know there was a little tiny bit of that um you know getting close to the backfields and stuff but um it was cool man like lynn was there too um although he was wearing jeans and it was 97 out i questioned that decision but um It was, it it was all the things, right? Like it was a little surreal. Um, it was a little familiar. Um, it was a little strange. It was like, there's, there's just, there's so many little, like, and some of this is like, no pun intended inside baseball stuff about, um, I'd forgotten about like just normal social interactions with, without your neighbors, you know, like, oh, there's somebody I need to go up and talk to them and make a professional, whatever, and um, one thing that I think is hilarious among sports writers is, like, um, I've sort of thought of it as, like, the commodity of the hello, you know? There's, like, if, if there's, like, a newsmaker, you know, whether that's a, a coach or a trainer or whatever that walks by, and you just sort of, like, have to go hey you know name um, and then like depending on their response you're like okay I'm standing like pretty good I could probably ask them this but maybe not that um, it's just this weird mental game that they don't prepare you for in journalism school but it was great all, all the all the all the weirdness it was great
0: and Lynn I I saw you conduct uh, you know part of the post game press conference as you always are only this was I saw your full face for the first time in <laughs> quite a while no mask. On, on Lynn or, or anybody else in the press box who, um, who asks questions of players and Mike Matheny after the game. So is, was that a first for you? Um,
1: well, to be honest, uh, during the game, you could have the mask off because the windows are open at the, in the press box. That's the, the rule. Um, Post game, we had been putting them back on because the windows come back up. Um, yesterday, for whatever reason, we just decided, the heck with it. <laughs> and so I don't know if that was actually a letter of the law. I think that was just sort of a group decision of what the heck. And just decided, you know, we didn't put them back on. Um, so uh, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously it was on Zoom, so I'm sure people saw it. I'm just not sure if we're going to hear from anybody today about, yeah, you guys aren't supposed to do that. <laughs> but yesterday we just said, the heck with it. You know, y- yesterday was not the day to be. Strict to the letter, we just said, all right,
0: <laughs> yeah, the reason I bring it up is we'll we'll see you asking a question later in the show, and uh and it's uh it's maskless, so uh, I was when I saw that i I just you know went wow i haven't haven't seen that in a, in
1: a while, yeah i't so I, I can't'm can't, trying to think if there was a game maybe in one of the on the road where I might not have put the mask back on depending on what the rules were there, so I think maybe. I want to say Minnesota because it's an open air press box that I might not have put the mask back on there when went on the road, but in Kansas city, we've usually had them on. So, um, and also just to Sam's point, I'm, I'm weatherized. I grew up in New England, so I can put the, in hot weather, I can wear the jeans and in cold weather. I can be outside in 30. That's weatherized. God bless you. And you can drive on any surface, I think as a new Englander
0: as well. Um, you are, you're not afraid of the snow and the ice. So, Hey, um, I guess we put off talking about the Royals for as long as we can. We've got to get into it. Um, so I'm reading, I'm reading Lynn's game story uh, this morning and saw some pretty amazing numbers in, in that game story. Um, gosh, you, you'd, you'd think the team that had 14 hits against the team that had eight pitchers, used eight pitchers, uh, the 14-hit team would have come out on top. Not only did the Royals not come out on top, they, they got smoked in this game. Um, I'll let Lynn, I'll let you give us some of the other, the other ugly numbers, but like runners and, you know, left on base runners in scoring position, they've had some ugly losses in the last week and a half or so they've lost nine out of 10, but, um, last night was just not, not a, not a way to open a homestand.
1: Yeah. Last night it was, um, one for 14 with runners in scoring position left 13 men on base, um, and for the last, uh, let's see, he's going back to, I believe it's Thursday night when they actually won in Oakland. Um, it's two for the last 38, I believe, is what it is with runners in scoring position, which is, um, that's that's hard to do. That's, um, you know, you'd, you'd think by accident, uh, you know, you'd uh, come up with a couple more hits or, you know, something would fall in. But they're just in that stretch where it's, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, you know, even Mike Matheny seemed to be at a loss to come up with some good explanations or to, to you know, try and put some of a optimistic shine on it. It was uh, – I try to remember what his, his comment was. I think he just said there's no quick fix. And, you know, for the guy who's always, you know – I think he, his one of his phrases that we learned last year was it's there's never uh, a glass half empty it's always full whether it's half full with water and half full with air he says it's always full yeah it, 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 I, I didn't get a whole lot of full from okay. last night he just his vibe after that one
0: yeah and uh, just before we came on the air I looked at Sam's uh, had a tweet uh, stathead tweet that um, just how rare the, uh, the <laughs> A feat of the, the 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 Royals accomplished last night. What was it exactly, Sam?
2: Uh, they became the 11th team in the last five seasons to have 18 or more base runners and three or fewer runs scored. Hmm. Um So that doesn't happen very often.
0: No, no, that's uh, that's yeah. rare, rarefied air.
2: And, and yeah. Mike Matheny, Lynn was just talking about some stuff that Matheny said over over the you know the the time that he's been manager. Doesn't it seem like in the last few weeks, I think maybe longer. Anyway, uh, he has slowly gotten heavier and heavier into this team's like mental approach at the plate, and and often he he puts it in terms of like when things aren't going well, you know, for for one guy or one one group, like they just sort of snowball that it, it's hard. And the pitchers have the same problem making adjustments. Um, you know, when things start off good trains are on the tracks you know like it it seems like it's okay but um they have a hard time like getting out of funks and um he seems to be insinuating that um when when the team is struggling in the third fourth inning they don't have a lot the the guys kind of tend to let that snowball and and i wonder if that's happening with this runners runners on base thing that just you know mentally it's just a hard thing to get past right now there was um Dozier was up with the bases loaded, maybe twice, but there was one. I think it was like in the seventh inning, um, and it looked like he had three pitches in a row that should have been hammered. and And the first one he took, and it looked like a, a hanging slider right over the middle of the plate, a little bit low, but um, but certainly a strike. And the second one he fouled off, and then the third one he popped up. And you know, in, in those situations, you just you can't let that happen. And, and I'm not trying to. Pick on Doja. I know he's having a lot of struggles, um, but that's just one little example that of, of a lot that stick out. It's just like one little. You got to be ready for that hanger um, and 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 hit the snot out of it. And they're just they're 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 kind of caught up on themselves right now. It seems like there's just mentally, it's just hard for them to get going.
0: Let's hear from uh, Mike Matheny, and we're going to hear from Matheny and Whit Merrifield. This is from the post game on Monday night, and both of them address what we're we're talking about. So, Beth, let's roll uh, Matheny and Whit Merrifield.
2: The runners in scoring position and the left on base, is, is that what sticks out for you the most from this game is the missed opportunities?
1: Yeah, without question. I mean, obviously, we'd like to have a different start. Um, Brad looked like he, he had um, good velocity, good movement. It was just uh, he's having trouble putting it where he wanted to. The ball was running to different parts of the plate. And, um, you know, obviously, need to Big play to be made early on. It would help as well. Um, but then we had our chances. I mean, you're talking about four out of the first six innings. We had opportunities to do something big, and we've been talking about this whether it's situational hitting or it's the big hit. Um, both of those played again, and um, you know, there's um, there's no quick fix. Uh, we just got to keep um, fighting until we get it uh, get it going in a good direction. When it comes to the the pressing that you that you sort of uh, identified there, I mean. Um, is there, uh, I guess, a best way to um, sort of prevent that? I mean, I, guess it's, I know it's individual, you know, obviously from guy to guy, but um, it just seems like obviously that's that's been a little bit contagious, at least at least, it seems like that from the outside here recently.
3: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just a matter of guys just mentally getting over that barrier. And, you know, there's a lot of aspects to it. There's just the aspect of us losing you know in the stretch that we've been losing is the aspect of us not hitting with runners in scoring position and then there's that you know aspect of guys not really getting off to a great start this year and and so there guys are pressing about that guys are pressing about hitting with guys on base and guys are pressing about you know us losing and it's it's um i mean it's tough it's, it's tough to overcome and you just mentally got to push that aside and just attack every at bat and uh, attack every pitch and, and just compete within yourself and the pitcher and, and, uh, see what happens. Um, and I can sit here and say that all I want, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of, of falling into that just like everybody else is. And yeah, it's, it's part of being in the big leagues. It's part of baseball. There's a lot of failure that goes with it and you gotta be able to, to mentally overcome. And that goes for, I guess that goes for myself as well.
0: good you. makes good points. Um, pressing. I, that's a thing, right? Pressing in baseball. We, we, I think we've, we've seen it a lot with the Royals at, at times this year and uh, having a, some sort of mental block in, in these situations. I, I, I don't know of another way to explain it, to be honest with you. Um, do you, do we, do we accept what Whit's saying and, and uh, Lynn and, um, and, and work with that? And, and what, what can you do to, you know, what can the Royals do to keep their guys from pressing?
1: Well, I think the most striking thing to me is the fact that it's not, you know, normally I would think of pressing as, you know, an individual guy, you know, like um, I think last year, when he was healthy, Dozier, I feel like, pressed last year because he missed so much time. And then he's even admitted it this past spring training about how that was an issue for him. Um, just, you know, having missed so much time playing in the short season and then coming in and pressing and trying to do too much in certain at-bats. Um, and I think that's sort of the normal way, at least that I think about it. But to have a group of guys all in that same boat is just... Um, I don't know. It's, it's striking. It's, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I feel like it's gotta be really hard to break out of when you've got multiple guys in that same place.
2: Yeah. Isn't, I mean, this is what we were just talking about right before, um, before those questions about like what, what Matheny says about them doing this together. Um, remember, I I forgot which year it was, um, 13, 14, 15, but remember Ned Yost, he, he said something like, um, you know these guys like each other so much that they slump together. <laughs> yes, I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. maybe, uh, yeah. There's some of that going on right now too. You know? um, it's it's I mean, but that's part of baseball is really hard. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 hard to hit, um, and we're seeing some of that now. Maybe <laughs> maybe now that the sticky stuff is being uh, enforced. <laughs> You know, maybe uh, maybe it can be especially enforced uh, with runners on base for the Royals. Um, but yeah, they're just they're locking up, and and I know we we all kind of keep coming back to Dozier, and it's it's certainly not just him, um, but he seems to be the best example of it. He, he is such a conscientious. Um, like it's important to him. (laughs) Um, he works hard. You, you see the kind of shape that he's in. Like, I mean, he's just, he's a really good teammate, all these things, um, which are great. But I, I do think, I wonder, I should say, whether that sort of leaves him more open to stretches like this, um, where it's not going well. And, and, and he might kind of press and try to, you know, sort of try his way out of a slump, which, you know, George Brett's the whole thing about try easier. Um, which Mike Matheny is kind of mocked, by the way. You know, that he's like, uh, I don't think he calls George by name. He's like, I've heard this try easier thing. I don't know what that means. But, uh, but there is sort of a just kind of let loose and, and let it go, and they're, they're certainly not doing that right now.
0: So you guys were both at the game last night, and I want to make sure, uh, cr- please correct me if I'm wrong, but in the, in the top of the first, when the game got away, um, <laughs> Miguel Cabrera comes up and uh and Keller uh, you know Keller gets a couple strikes on him and i can't remember if he ran the count full but he fouled off a bunch of pitches and then he and then he dribbled a single up the middle and scored a run scored the tigers first run i believe it was the first run for Detroit and i just uh, remember was that it you
1: i was gonna say i'm pretty sure it was an 11 pitch at bat um that ended in that single and off the top of my head, I'm, I want to say it was the second run. But um, okay. but I know which one. Like I said, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was an 11-pitch at bat. And he definitely drove in a run. I'm just not sure if it was the first or the second run off the top of my head.
0: And it wasn't, listen, he, he wasn't, wasn't a, you know, a, a power swing or anything like that. All he was trying to do was get the run home. And listen, Miguel Cabrera is a Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the great hitters of all time. And, uh, but it just struck me the contrast between that approach that he took at that, in that, at bat, and what I saw from the Royals later in the game, um, again, hall of famer, he he's, he's, he's been an amazing hitter for such a long time, but I just thought, Oh, so where's, where's, where's that for the, you know, for the Royals, um, Okay. Hey, um, so Rob asks, could the Royals, uh, we're going to change subjects here. And Rob asks, could the Royals help call up pitchers to calm their nerves by having them pitch a few innings midway through the game before they make their starts? I think that's a good question. And we're going to talk, let's transition into pitching. But first, let's hear from the University of Kansas Health System.
2: Kansas City Royals lineup is backed up by the region's strongest team in healthcare. The University of Kansas Health System. We both suit up with one goal in mind. To win. The University of Kansas Health System, official healthcare provider of the
0: Royals. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. So Rob asked about uh, uh, starting pitches and maybe easing them into uh, situations that uh, that are not starting roles, because what we've seen with uh, Jackson Coar for two starts and, and Daniel Lynch has been just disastrous. Um, really, um, uh, it's 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 really a shame to see. And you know, I guess you could, if you had listed a, if provided a list of possible outcomes for those players in their first, second major league starts. You know, not getting out of the first or second innings would have been a you know a, a possibility. But you just kind of hope that, especially with Kowar in his second start, that he learned lessons and figured it out and could get a little deeper. But that was not the case Saturday in Oakland. And, and we know about Daniel Lynch. Of course, he's, you know, he got sent down. And, and I suspect that's going to happen to Jackson Kowar as well. So, uh, Sam, Let's, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Um, the, the young starters. The Royals have somewhat been forced into this situation because of some injuries. And, of course, there was a lot of excitement, right, when, when they announced Jackson Kohler was going to be a starter and when Daniel Lynch came up. But it just absolutely hasn't worked out.
2: No. I mean, um, you use the word disastrous, right? Um, and, and that's what it's been. I mean, they've had those two guys have combined for five starts and I think, ten innings. Is that right? Um, something like that. Um, maybe even less. But um, anyway, I mean, I, I just... Coar is a really... The, the Lynch explanation kind of made sense. Um, nerves plus uh, kind of sloppy or inconsistent mechanics that may, may or may not have been tipping pitches. Um, and Coar may have some of that too. Um, but it, it just... With Coar, I'm more surprised than with Lynch. Lynch seems like sort of a a one or a ten, you know. Like I think he's going to be, you know. There, there's a lot of uh, of um, you know, sort of he'll be up and down. And and Coar, just like who he is, and and the pitch repertoire, you know, the changeup is something that you should be able to pitch off of to to get out of tight spots, and and it's just not working. And you know, that fastball, he's got a good fastball, but it's not good enough to leave over the middle of the plate, belt high. And when he's not commanding, and he talked about this, right? Like when you're pitching off a changeup, if you're not commanding the fastball kind of low in the zone, then they've got no reason to swing at your changeup. And, you know, so if, if he can, and look, this is a lot easier said than done. I sure can't throw 97 at the knees. But, um, you know, if, if you can't do that, then, you know, it kind of all snowballs away from him. And so I don't know, man. Like he, he's too talented. He's got nothing left to prove in the minor leagues. Um, you know, he's ripped through there. Um, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe he'll get a little bit longer leash than, than Lynch did. I don't know. But it's it's a problem. I mean, it's it's a pattern now.
0: What what about the idea of uh, starting them? I mean, you got to you got to start. Them, but listen, to other organizations over the years. And look, even the Royals have done this. They they didn't um, they, they didn't start their, uh, their their pitching prospects. They eased them in. They were out either out of the bullpen or um, you, you know or, or late season, uh, less pressure situations. When this uh, Royals were kind of left without a choice here, weren't they when it came to especially Coar?
1: Well, yeah, in that they you know they don't have. Um they don't have a whole lot of starting pitching options just in terms of guys that are more – guys Guys that you feel like have a better shot than those young guys. I mean, like if you want to say you can run out, uh, you know, Urban Santana and, um, you know, Jacob Junis is now in the minors, but he had been in the bullpen and so he wasn't even really stretched out. And obviously Duffy's on the, the IL. So, I mean, you're not talking about a whole lot of options that necessarily are – you know, better than what you, you're looking at with these youngsters. Plus you, you need to sort of get those guys ready for the future. Like if people want to look to, you know, next year and year after and say that that's when they're going to start, you know, being good and they're going to have this rotation. Well, then they've got to, they've got to get to that point. It's, you know, they got to work to that point. Now it's not just going to happen next year when they say, okay, well now we're going to put them in the rotation. They're going to be good. Like they've, they've got to build up to that. So that's part of the, the reason as well. Um, but it's, uh, I mean, and, and I don't know that um, like that opener thing that uh, the, the question was about. I'm not sure if that helps because I'm. I, I mean, I'm just two things that I that I see with that is one is um, that you're also you know the bullpen has had some issues as well as far as depth, and so if you're taking one of those bullpen guys and putting them at the front of the game later in the game, it could make it even. Shakier, depending on how things go, and depending on what happens in that middle part of the game, um, and then also just you know with those guys, I mean, if Jackson Carr is still going to give you an inning in the third, whether that comes in the second inning or the third inning, I'm you're still going to have some issues, you know. What I mean, so I mean it's in theory it sounds good, but I mean the. the It still doesn't change the fact that he's got to be able to go deeper into the game, whether he comes in the second inning, third inning, or if it's starting the game. So, I mean, and and I know, like, you know, Tampa Bay has been able to have success with that, doing that with certain pitchers. But I think there's still other problems that have to be sorted out before you can say that this is going to be a fix, the the opener thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the fix isn't, um, you know, maybe if somebody else gets the one, two, three out so you don't have to face the best hitters right away, maybe that can help. But it's still... Maybe this is I'm just repeating what, what you're intending to say here, Lynn, but like it's not gonna matter if if Kolar's still throwing ninety-six over the heart of the plate. Um, yeah, yeah. So I mean like yeah. Not locating the change up and all that stuff. It's just um that's what it comes down to. I mean, an, an organization and a pitching coach can only do so much and these guys these guys have to make the pitches at some point. And um and the Royals are in this awkward spot that we talked about before where they think they can contend. But they know to do that, they need these guys to perform. And, and right now, that's an awkward spot to be like relying on these guys that just have shown that they can't do it so far.
0: So who had Irvin Santana in the pool of leading the team in innings pitch this year? Um, Oof,
2: that is not good.
0: <laughs> not what you want?
2: <laughs> not what you come to the ballpark to see, Blair. <laughs>
0: no, no. All right. Um, we've, we've gotten this far into the show and have not mentioned – the Royals' best player. At least I keep hearing he's the best player. Alberto Montesi is still not with the team or not in the lineup and still in the um, you know, still injured. <sighs> Sam, you had an interesting um... – <laughs> It goes with those size. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. Sam, I, I read this in Mellinger Minutes, and we'll uh, – we'll link to that in the, in the show notes uh, on the podcast that um, you were asked about the idea of Modesty not being a shortstop. And of course he was the last, uh, His most recent injury came, we think right on the throw uh, on on a play that he made uh, uh, at shortstop. Um, Does that take us through that idea of Alberto Modesty, not, not playing shortstop and how that could, possibly prolong his well maybe just get him back on the field initially and then maybe prolong his career
2: yeah well in, in the business we call this a tease right um and all this stuff that we were talking about the young pitchers and, and now uh, Mondesi. <laughs> i think that's how you have to say it now right like every time you say that now, uh, uh lynn and i lynn and or i will be writing more about this this week Um, I haven't asked, I will, I haven't asked specifically to anybody in the organization about this position switch thing, but it just, I think it's worth considering. I'm not saying do it because there, there are legitimate smart reasons to not, but if the stress of shortstop and, and we've seen most of his injuries, I don't know what the heck the the oblique was. It seemed like he just kind of woke up with it, but the, the hamstring, the shoulder, there's others, you know, seem to come defensively. I just wonder if giving him a less stressful position, whether that's second base or what intrigues me more is actually center field, um, you know, cause then you're still premium positions, speed plays. I think he's got the arm for it, all those things. If, if that might unlock something um, the Royals have had, you may remember some success moving a top shelf infield prospect to the outfield. Hmm. Um, it's I just, don't- I don't know. It, it's just, it's worth at least having a conversation. And if the answer is, look, like this guy is so streaky offensively that a lot of his value is defensively at that position. And that's why we need him there. If that's the answer, or if if, if the answer is no, if we move him away from shortstop, that position means too much for him and we risk losing him mentally. I mean, there, there's a lot of different avenues that this might go down, but um, I don't know, man. Like wh- whatever they're doing right now is not working. You know, he's played seven games. Um, he hasn't, what, what's the stat? He hasn't played more than 104 games in a season since he was 18 years old, something like that. Um, you and know, he's, played, and he's
0: 25.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, and he's been a shortstop all those seasons. So something's not working. And, and I think to just keep hoping that all of a sudden he'll turn into a 140 games a year guy is, is, is not realistic. So I don't, it, it's a conversation. It's a, it's an interesting idea. And I think it's a conversation worth having.
0: And, of course, the player you referred to earlier was Alex Gordon, who yeah. was the National College Player of the Year as a third baseman at Nebraska, started his Royals career at third, moved to left field, and won eight gold gloves out there and had a, had a tremendous career. So, Lynn, was there what, – what, what, what the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll have to go back and look at the previous episode and see that's, if that's <laughs> where I saw it before. <laughs> Lynn, <laughs> what is the what is the health update on Montesie? Or what, what's his ETA?
1: Well, they've been careful not to give an ETA because they know that's um, you know that that's still up in the air. Um, but he is uh, he he was ta- he was taking early work like taking batting practice, taking ground balls, things like that. I mean, we saw him doing some of that yesterday. I don't remember mm-hmm. seeing him actually running yesterday, but I know he's been doing stuff on the field. For, he was he was on the last road trip. Um, I know he was, uh, you know, he's been doing ground balls, pregame work, batting practice, at least for a few days. Um, he's eligible and he's now eligible to come off the IL. It's just a matter of if he's ready to go, like if they, you know, clear him and he's good to go. I just um, the fact that I, I believe it was a couple of days ago, Mike Matheny said running was going to be like sort of the main thing, the last hurdle. And I don't remember seeing him do and maybe it was – he. maybe he did some of that before we were out there or whatnot, but without seeing that, um, I'm not sure how he's going to clear that last hurdle or when, when that's going to happen. Um, so uh, it's still the the waiting game um, as far as, you know, when he's going to be cleared to go. And um, I think there was some optimism that it could happen this homestand. But, again, they were careful not to say for sure that it was going to, I think, just because the Mondesi – when's he going to play thing is just, they don't want to put that, that pressure on to say, okay, it's going to happen this day. And then it not happen And you know.
0: Right. And look, hamstrings are tricky things. They, 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 they when you get, when you've injured a hamstring, it, it does keep you out for a while. And of course, that's, that's just, uh, that's just the nature of the, you know, of, of the beast here. Right. Um Okay. Guys, um, Paul uh, sent me a, a text message, wanted to get a question in. But, Paul, I think we'll do it next week. And um, he was just asking about uh, uh, if this trend continues, if the if the Royals uh, continue this way, at what point do we look at uh, possible shakeup on the staff? Let's talk about that next week, Paul. And uh, maybe things will have turned around by then. This is, a, as we said at the top of the show, a team of extreme. What is it? Is it they have had winning streaks. Two winning streaks of at least five games and and two losing streaks of at least five games, and they're the only team in baseball that that has done that. So, um, I, it's just when you're when when the team is in a in, in, in trending this way, it just it's hard oh, it's hard to see them turn it around. And and uh, but heck, the first time it was you know, it was a it was a series against the Chicago White Sox, with the best record in. The American League, I think, at the time. And, and after they finish with the Tigers, they go play the Boston Red Sox. So we'll see. M- maybe. Um, so that, that, that uh, Tigers and Red Sox here this week. After that, they go on the longest road trip, one of the longest road trips of the season, right, to New York uh, to play the Yankees, to Texas, and then to Boston again. Um, so... Uh, we, will, um, we will have full coverage of the Royals in the Kansas City Star and on KansasCity.com with Lynn Worthy, with Sam Mellinger, with Baje Gregorian, who uh, we'll, we'll see here soon again. And um, thanks to our, our sponsor, the University of Kansas Health System. Thanks to Beth Welsh, our producer, who makes things go. And we will talk to you again next week at this time. Thank you very much. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Lynn Worthy and Sam Mellinger for stopping by and talking Royals. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we have another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus additional stories that appear only on the website, and certainly they appear first on kansascity.com. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month, unless you cancel. And it's a great time to subscribe. Read about what's going on with the Chiefs as they go through minicamp this week, the Royals, the colleges, our soccer teams, and more. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. you want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.com kansascity.com slash subscribe and if you're having trouble hunting down any of those offers send me an email bkirkhoff at kcstar.com I'll get you to the right place so whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC thanks for listening and we'll be back on Wednesday with another episode I bet we talk Chiefs